everybody. I'll hurry through our missionary moments. We'll pray and then Alan will teach the adult Sunday school class. All right, as we get um, get to going here, uh, let me give you kind of a heads up as what what I think is going to happen, although it's all subject to uh, the Lord's guidance and direction. Uh, I had originally hoped that we could do all of uh, what angels do today I, with our starting time and stuff. I, I'm reluctant to believe that that's going to happen. So, uh, um, so we'll just relax and go calmly. And All right, as we get started, was, has there been any questions along the line that you'd like to address before we dive in? We kind of flew through the last part of the angel organization, but about I hopefully had had enough references and stuff you could get that information if you if you wanted it. And um, uh, it's it's not terribly clear, but and there's been a lot of different authors do a lot of different things with an organizational chart, if you will. But um, we just recognize that there are different types and different roles that angels play in that. Now the next section in your notes is is letter M. Now I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because just not too long ago Pastor Matt went through a study on this as well on on uh, Christophanes or the greatest uh, angel, the angel of the Lord as it's mentioned many times mostly in the Old Testament. Um, and it's not just from the Lord as an angel message, you know, most of our angels do some form of message or they come with a message. And this isn't just simply an angel with a message. This is the Lord himself. So remember Hagar when she was in after she had been kicked out and she was traveling and the angel of the Lord came to her and spoke to her. That's an example of of that. Um, Abraham, uh, when he was... Uh, in in an interaction there, we can see an angel of the Lord was there with him, with Jacob, with Moses, with uh, even the, the nation as a whole of the Israelites. We can see in Exodus, uh, in a couple of places, and in Judges, where the angel of the Lord himself spoke to the nation. Um, one of the more famous ones that we see is, is the interaction with, with Balaam in Numbers chapter 22, uh, where the, the donkey recognized before Balaam did it, the, that there was an angel of the Lord standing in the way. Okay, So um, Joshua, Gideon, all of those were, were instances of, of uh, angel of the Lord. Manoah and his wife, remember the father of Samson, 
Um, in fact, Manoah, or Manoah's wife, which we don't have her name in scripture, she was probably a little more sensitive to it, and, and all of us guys can probably relate to that, that she discerned before he did that this was something special, that something in interaction with God himself in, human, or in an angel form. Uh, Elijah, David, um, some of the residents of Jerusalem, you remember before uh, when, when they were going to uh, actually slay Jerusalem, I think it was, but, but it was an instance where um, the angel was bringing a message to them and they repented and turned away. That was the angel of the Lord. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Remember, as Nebuchadnezzar looked in, he saw four instead of three. And so there was an angel of the Lord. Um, what I would just remind you about these things is uh, Exodus 33.20 tells us that no one can see the Lord or see God himself. Exodus 33 and verse 20 But he said, you cannot see my face, nor no man shall see me and live. So God himself says that that not even uh, the person of Moses could, could see his face and live. So we can't see God in his purest form, but we also have opportunity that he has, has given us manifestations of himself to, to show us who he is. Um, somebody want to look at 1 Timothy 6.16 real quick for me? Okay. And so there's some other scriptures there that, that remind us that we cannot see God in his purest form as we are in our form. That there's just not a presence that can take place. But this angel of the Lord is clearly linked with God. As I was studying for it, David Jeremiah gave us this quote. He says, Yet God in his wisdom does use the word angel to identify this particular manifestation of himself in these passages. Also, Billy Graham, in his book, said, There are no grounds for questioning the very early and traditional Christian interpretation that these cases were there is a pre-incarnation manifestation of the second person of the trinity so ladies and gentlemen those are christophanies they are manifestation of god in a form that we as men could understand okay any questions about that brief study and again if Pastor Matt did a great job of going through those and, and indicating how we determine some of those things. Like they're, they're, they're accept worship and, they, and we know that angels don't accept worship, things like that. So, okay. Well, and, and I would, what I would, would suggest, I think, would be that that was before their fallen state. That was in their original created state, um, perfect and holy in that, in that state. And so after that, they were immediately put out of the garden. In fact, there was an angel, probably an, uh, an archangel, that was put at the gate of, of Eden to prevent any reentry. So, good point. Well, I, and, I, and I can't say, I mean, all, all three forms were involved in the creation in the first place. 
So, I don't know. That's probably one of those things that we can't know until we get... Well, and an argument there there goes there goes it's hard to be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Any other questions or comments? All right, let's let's dive into what angels do. I started out with a quote of Charles Ryrie and in his book on doctrine he says, Of course God would not have to use angels in carrying out details of his plan. But he has chosen to do so. We, have, we serve an omnipotent, omniscient God that could do it all on his own. But he has chosen to use angels. And so that gives us an expression of understanding. Um, and, and really the basic one, the most basic one that we can come to is in Hebrews 1.14. This one is really the basis for all the other things that we will talk about. Hebrews 1, verse 14. And they are not all ministering spirit, or they, they, and th- are they not? Let me, get, see, let me get straight. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? What is the number one point there? They are ministering to those who will inherit salvation. That's an important thing for us to understand when we're talking about angels, is their ministry is to the believer. David Jeremiah said this, If someone claims to have seen an angel, yet that person professes no allegiance to Jesus Christ, it is likely that any angel he saw, if he truly saw one at all, was a fallen one, one of the devil's messengers, not the Lord's. Not every angel is from God. Okay? That's an important thing for us to recognize. In 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, I think we can back that up. Paul's writing to the Corinthians and he says, And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. So we have a responsibility to discern for ourselves, is this real? And if, if you are a believer, you have that Holy Spirit to help you understand those things. You see, um, we have discernment, and we need to have discernment. And I think specifically in these days in which we live, where evil seems to be proliferating and growing, and it's every turn of the corner you see, there seems... And now, I'm not one to worry about a demon behind every door that's that's not what i'm trying to get at but what we need to understand is when we have a revelation of of some kind or we see something or we understand something we need to discern for sure that it's not satan trying to mask himself and and disguise in some form or fashion okay any comments or questions on that one but, but the indication is there will try and slip some by on you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the way to put it. That testing is the word of God. Absolutely it is. And that's part of why we study things like doctrine. You know, doctrine sounds like, to a lot of people, sounds like a very dry, boring subject, right? 
But that's one of the ways that we equip ourselves to recognize those things that are not of God, is the Word of God. If it, if it contradicts the Word of God in any way, that, that's got to be something you throw up the red flag and say, wait a minute, this is no good. This is not it. Right. Well, if you go to Ephesians uh, 6, you know, I think it's Ephesians 6, where it talks about the armor of God and all of these things that, that we, for the battle that we're in, and what is the offensive weapon? The word, right? The sword. The sword. Right. So, so that's, that's important for us. The, also, the thing, another thing to remember about this ministry to the saved is it's God to us, not us to God. Why, why would I bring that out? Because we have one mediator, right? First Timothy. See, I can't even talk either today. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So remember this, angels are a ministry to us, to the believers, but it's not through the angel that we approach God. It's through the one mediator, Jesus Christ. Okay? Any questions so far? All right. Angels are often messengers. And we've talked about this other than the Christophanes. Remember Abraham and Lot. Okay, the, the angels came to warn Abraham first. And there was three of them. There was a Christophany involved, but there was also two angels. And then the next day or whatever it was, when they go down to, to uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and, and they try and rescue Lot out of there, there's two angels, right? And they were bringing a message. Hey, destruction is coming. Judgment is coming. Come out of this place. In Daniel, we see more than one place in chapter 5, chapter 9, chapter 10, where God sent a message to Daniel through his messenger, the angel. Okay. Some of the ones that we remember because we just recently went through this is Zechariah and Elizabeth. You know, when, when they were told about John being something that is, is going to be special and, and called of God for a special purpose, an angel came and brought that message. Angels brought the message of Christ's birth to the shepherds. The angels brought the message of whom, what Mary was going to be doing. Her role in it came through the angel, the angel Gabriel, and the apostles in Acts chapter 5. They got a message from an angel. Acts chapter 5, verses 19 through 20. But at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the works of this life. And when they had heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and they talked. So they received a message through an angel, a message of God directing them. Okay? Um, Paul, in Acts chapter 27, we see an angel come and visit him. In verses 23 and 24, For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all 
those who sail with you. In other words, he receives a message from an angel. Hey, you're going to Rome, dude. You get to address Caesar. And I'm not only going to keep you safe, but all those guys traveling with you. I'm going to keep them safe as well. Philip. In Acts chapter 8, is one we remember, remember angel of the Lord, or an angel came and told Philip, hey, you need to go talk to this Ethiopian in the chariot. He needs to hear, he needs to learn about the things of God. And that was an angel message to Philip. When we get to the book of Revelation, you see the first three chapters are talking about angel messages to those churches. Now, we understand that there are specific churches at the time that those messages were to, but they also stand for some messages to, to, um, during the further dispensation of the church. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that either, but those messages were from angels. Now, there is some discussion when you look at those where it says to the angel of the church of whichever one you want to put in there, whether that was truly an angel that was overlooking the church or if it was a pastor. The terminology was messenger. So it could really apply to either. And again, that's one of those things I don't think I'm going to be overly dogmatic about. Okay? We just can understand it was a message from God. And as we already talked about, they must be tested. Galatians 1.8. Someone want to read that when you get there? Galatians 1.8. Okay. So, what, what is the angel telling or what are we being told? Compare that message to the word of God. To the gospel. Don't let anyone trick you with another gospel there's a lot of them out there we have to be very aware and and some and and as we've been discussing in some of our study of of some of the cults and other religions you got to make sure of your terminology what you're saying in one format may not be the same as their thinking in that same format so be careful with your terminologies So these are messengers from God through angels, but they still must be tested. Okay? We see that angels are often involved in announcements, especially in the book of Revelation. Revelation 5, 2. Someone find it? Go ahead and read it. Revelation 5, 2. So there, we see a strong angel. One, one that had some authority stand up and say, who's, who is this? Able to, who's able to do it? Who makes that announcement, calling for someone able to do it? And who do we find out is only able to do it? The Lamb, Jesus, right? Okay, cool. How about in 19, chapter 19, verse 17? Then I saw an angel standing in the sun and cried with a loud voice saying, to all the birds that fly in the midst of the heaven, come and gather together for the supper of the great God. So again, we see an occasion where they are used in making special announcements. 
especially in the book of Revelation, but in other places, we see that worship, they're involved in worship and praise. We hinted at this a little bit when we talked about seraphim leading worship services. What am I? Revelation 7.11 All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and did what? Worshipped God. One of the other things that angels do is they worship or they praise God. Someone want to look at Isaiah 6, 2 and 3? It's probably a passage familiar to you. Isaiah 6, 2 through 3. Go ahead, if someone gets there, go ahead and read it. All right. Can you imagine that? That's one of those chicken skin things, right? One of those goosebump times. All right. So, but we see them involved in worshiping, praising God. Now, I broke it down a little bit further than that. Um, We can see that they have um, a level of reverence or fear of God in Revelation 4.8. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and and they uh, do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, who it was and is and is to come. Do you get the reverence? Do you get the awesomeness of, of their worship? That Hey, this is God. You know, one of the things that people tell me all the time is, we're not going to know till we get to heaven. Well, I can tell you what, when we get to heaven, we're probably not going to care, right? We're going to be so overwhelmed by being in the presence of the Lord God Almighty that I, I think all we're going to do is fall down on our face and worship and cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Just as they did. Um, in Psalm 99, verse 2, Psalm 99, verse 2, one thing about Psalms, you never know how many pages to turn because some, some of the chapters are long and some are short, Right? Psalm 99, verse 2. The Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the peoples. Holy is the God. And so the angels remind us of that. Um, in freedom, Job 38, 7. Someone close there want to jump over there? Job 38, 7. Shout it for joy. Okay, that also speaks to, um, or that does speak to in, in freedom or in joy. You know, we're not going to be forced. to. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't go to church very often, but when I was raising kids, we made sure they were in church every single day, every single Sunday that we went. They, Unless there was some unusual circumstances. And, and many a time, they were, yeah, I just don't want to go today. Well, you're going anyway, right? That's not going to be like it is in heaven. We're going to get to go. We're going to get to be there. We're going to joyously be excited about being there in the presence of God and worshiping him. 
in again in chapter 5 of Revelation verses 8 and 9 and now when he had taken out the scroll and the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb each having a harp and golden bowls and full of incense which are the prayers of the saints and they sang a new song saying you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and you have and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation amen Amen? so it's an excitement a joy of of worshiping God Revelation 19 I'm not going to read the whole thing but 1 through 9 if you want to look at it it gives us another picture of this hallelujah they say even in the first two verses that phrase is repeated time and time again hallelujah salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the lord worshiping him all right we're going to finish with this point do angels sing all right does it really matter okay there's there's something that, that folks used to well when they met with the shepherds it just says that they say or, or when, the, when we look at Revelation 4 well they say these things so they don't sing but there's hints that they might I just don't think we understand Billy Graham and I don't have the quote here but he, he made a, a paragraph out of talking about how he believes that really the music that we have here today in, in the context of what we might understand would be in a minor key and that when we get to heaven it's going to be a major key it's going to be a, a, a type of song or singing that we don't even grasp or understand okay but there is hints that maybe they could sing and we just read one from job chapter 38 right didn't that say mention and then here i just read something about a new song okay versus luke 2 13 which we already looked or what we already remember was the shepherds and it talking to them we would surely like to think so huh but we don't have, I don't think we can be, again, dogmatic on that point as well. And why not anticipate something like that, right? Why not get excited about those things? I'm going to be given a new voice. Well, yeah, I, I think I just read that, that they had harps and, and um, yeah, in, in cha- uh, chapter 5, verse 8, having a harp and gold, um, gold bowls full of incense so there's going to be stringed instruments probably i mean we remember some of the the praises that david did you know with harps and lyres and and even cymbals goodness gracious we shouldn't be too strung up on what we have uh now am i big on big praise bands and uh, i don't mind praise music like that as long as the focus is on god and a message of from god it, it, I, I just don't get into the what they call 7-Eleven songs. Anybody ever heard that phrase? The same seven words 11 times? You know? Or 70 times 7. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another thing, right? 
forgiven them that lady. <laughs> I, I have to. I have to. You know, and, and I don't think you can rate a song simply on the date that it was, was published, but um, you just really have to take a look at what does God, what would God think of this? Mm-hmm. I, think, uh, I think the reason that we have to be careful is because in some, some of the translation of, of those words, song isn't the exact way to translate the original language. It's one of those words yeah, saying or saying, you know, those kind of things. So that's, that's my understanding. Again, Greek is Greek to me, so I don't know. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And thank you for providing for us um, ministers, your ministers, created to minister to us, the believer. And so, Father, help us to understand more about you, Prepare our hearts to continue to learn more about these agents, these, these creatures that you've given us, and that we might know for certain your love for us. We do look forward to joining them in worship and praise and honoring you. Whether we say it or we sing it, we're excited for that time. And Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.